You're listening to episode four of season four of Brave and Bossa podcast. On today's episode, I am so excited to have Betsy Milne and Laura Milne from Luscious Hustle as my first interviewees on the podcast. These two transformational business and branding coaches are going to knock your socks off with their advice on how the moon, your mindset, and the way you approach your alignment with your business can really impact your growth. So let's get into it. Welcome to Brave and Boss, a podcast for the purpose-driven founder who wants to grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Christy Sumer. I'm the CEO and founder of the Ethical Fashion Line Encircled, a conscious business coach and passionate about helping you break through your limits and build a brand that matters. Let's do this. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Christy Sumer, founder of encircled and host of the brave and boss podcast thank you so much for joining me if this is your first time on the podcast welcome if you are a repeat listener hello i appreciate your time so so much this season has been all about change so in season four as i talked about earlier on the podcast i really wanted to bring on some experts it's super important for me that you get a lot of value out of these episodes and i really believe strongly that mindset plays a huge part into your ability to grow as a leader and as a CEO and as a brand. So I am super excited to introduce my first ever guests on Brave and Boss the podcast, Betsy Milne and Laura Milne. These two powerhouses are transformational business and branding coaches, podcast hosts of one of my favorite podcasts and creators behind the growing tribe and coaching brand Luscious Hustle. And fun fact, they're not related, even though they have the same last name. Um, They just connected through an Instagram DM about four years ago and have become fast friends and business partners while living 3,000 miles apart. They were brought together through a shared common purpose to empower women with the tools and motivation they need to turn a spark of an idea into a full-fledged business and sought-after brand. Born from the ashes of burnout, Luscious Hustle was created to redefine what it means to hustle as an online entrepreneur. In less than a year, they harnessed their passion to build a six-figure business that supported the lifestyle and time freedom they craved. I am over the moon to introduce you to Betsy Milne and Laura Milne from Luscious Hustle. Let's get into it. Okay, thank you for joining us. I am so excited to have today's guests on the podcast. This is one of my favorite, favorite podcasts. It's on my must listen list. I listen to it every single week, sometimes multiple times a week when they have lots of episodes coming out. Um, Please welcome the ladies from Luscious Hustle, Betsy Milne and Laura Milne, not related, um, but equally awesome. Thank you guys so much for agreeing to come on the podcast. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having us. And that honestly, that means so much to hear that you listen to the podcast. I know that sounds silly, but when Betsy and I started out, we had such beginner's mindset. Like we were so newbie to podcasting and that was four years ago. And we honestly thought no one would listen. Like we're like, maybe our mothers will listen to, I don't know. And I still sometimes have this sense, like hundreds and hundreds of podcasts later and so many interviews, I still have this sense. I'm like, is anyone listening to this? And of course people are right. And we have grown and grown, but I still have that mindset of like, it's just me and Betsy having a little chit chat. 
That's what it feels like. Honestly, your podcast sound, it feels like you're just in a conversation with like your two best girlfriends and it's very accessible approach to all these topics that you guys cover, which is runs the myriad of lots of like woo woo stuff, but there's a lot of business. There's a lot of great interviews. So I always highly recommend your podcast. Why don't we start off? Maybe we can get you guys to do a little quick intro. So maybe um, Betsy, you want to start and give us a little bit of background of how you got into podcasting, how you got into Luscious Hustle, like where did this all begin for you? Okay. That is such a loaded question. So I'm going to make this as short and sweet as I possibly can. So the podcast actually, uh, so Laura and I met on Instagram, I guess that's the best place to start. And at the time I was doing my health coaching certification, I'd just become a health coach and I was looking for a product partner and Laura, bless her. She slid into my DMS. And at that (laughs) point in time, I was so not aware of how to build on social media. I, she was my first DM ever. And the little red button came up and I read the thing and I was like, Oh my God, she's in Calgary. And she has the same last name as me. And I live in Pennsylvania, but my grandfather was actually from Calgary. So I really wanted to write her back, but I closed it not knowing what I was doing. And then it took me like two weeks to find her again. And anyway, eventually I found her, we connected, we got into network marketing together. Um, I really was just looking for a product partner. I wasn't trying to build a business. I already had a business that I was building, but there was just something really cool about the conversations that I was having with Laura. And it was a product I'd looked at already. So I was like, yeah, okay, this seems like a good idea. Anyway, Laura was supposed to be my upline and she was supposed to be teaching me network marketing. And every time what you said about the podcast, every single time we got on the phone, it was just like two girls chit-chatting about business. I had a very different background, business background. Um, I love talking about building businesses. I love talking about building brands. And so Laura and I would get on these calls to talk about my business and we would just talk about everybody else's business and the people that we were watching in the entrepreneurial space. And fast forward about six months, um, we still hadn't met in person because we were in two different countries running two different businesses. Um, I just was out to dinner with my girlfriends in New York City and everyone was talking about Tinder and I wanted to talk about web platforms and like building out marketing plans and none of they were all like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I don't know how to have this conversation with you. So Laura and I had had this amazing conversation the day before and I texted her on my way home from the city and I was like, I have this crazy idea. Like, I want to start a podcast, but I don't want to do it by myself. Are you in? And she just said yes, right from the start. And so we launched the Luscious Living podcast back in the day. That's what it was originally called. Um, we hadn't met in person. We didn't have a product. We had no following. We had no clue what we were doing, how to even edit a podcast. And we just spent a year building and talking and inviting in people that were really in alignment with us and what we wanted to learn about, um, but also giving them the platform to talk about their businesses and talk about what was working and what wasn't working. And um, we met in August of that year. Like, so we started the podcast in January of 2017, 2016, 2017. I don't even remember anymore. 2017, I guess it was January, 2017. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, we met for the first time in August and then we launched our first product, um, in October of 2017, uh, which was called Luscious Hustle Academy. So we were teaching women, mostly network marketing, but like side hustlers, how to build their own personal brand. Um, and that was really the birth of Luscious Hustle as we know it today. It's just been a crazy and wild ride ever since, but it was a very long-winded way to set, to explain the evolution of Luscious Hustle. <laughs> I thought that was quite condensed. So thank you. <laughs> that was a lot. I can't believe she was your first DM. I cracked up a little bit at that. That's amazing. Yes. So tell me, um, 
like Laura, what made you reach out to her? Like, how did that even spark something that you would do? Obviously, I guess DMing wasn't really as big of a thing back then, but it wasn't. No one was DMing. I'm pretty sure I was the only weirdo doing it. She was um, really good at it though. But you know what it was? It's that so I like I started in network marketing and I really didn't know what I was doing. I just like had a, my sister-in-law at the time was like, Oh, you're pregnant. You need better supplements here. You should take these prenatals. And I was like, okay. And I started learning about it and I liked it. And you know, that whole song and dance. But as I got into it, I immediately bristled against a lot of what people bristle against with network marketing, the like house parties and they hit up your grandma and like all this low hanging fruit terminology and talk, which I hated. And just pushing whatever the special or the BOGO sale was that week. Like I was like, like, I don't like that. I wanted to connect with people who were, they had their own personal brand. Like they clearly had an identity in the online space. They were about something. They had a purpose and a why, and there was a problem they were trying to solve. And to me then, like, for example, with Betsy, she was health coaching. And it was like, I'm not really surprising that serendipitously, she was looking at the same product partner that I had to offer. And what I found myself doing you know, as I like built out my, you know, and I always call my network marketing businesses, like it was like my gateway drug to entrepreneurship. It was like that first taste. And then I went down the rabbit hole. Um, but what I really liked doing was talking to people about themselves. Like, well, why, you know, cause lots of people get into network marketing and cause somebody turns them on to it or whatever, they're at a house party and then they kind of get into the, the hustle of it. And they, they think they're supposed to do things. And there's a lot of should, I should do this. I should do that. And there's sort of this a bit team slash cult mentality happening. But I just wanted to like push all that to the side and be like, no, who are you about? Like, why are you doing this? Why is it important to you? What kind of a life and a lifestyle do you want to build? Why are you interested in having your own business? And I just naturally attracted a lot of people who were health coaches or life coaches, or they were, they had a, um, you know, a blog and a personal brand. They're kind of the beginnings of being an influencer in a, a health and wellness space. That really interested me. And so I, you know, I look back on those first few years and like, I did probably hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of coaching for free (laughs) to to people (laughs) in my, in my company and my team. And that's really what got me going. I was like, how do we, how do you, first of all, what are you about? What is your purpose? What is the work that you want to be doing? And then how are you expressing that on social media and attracting your ideal person and have it feel really good. Like, cause there is a lot of, it doesn't matter what kind of business you're, you're doing. There's a lot of ick factor happening now when it comes to sales and marketing and ads and all that. And I just wanted like, like, let's cut to the chase and talk one real person to another real person. You know, do you have a problem? Can I solve it for you? And let's go from there. And those are the conversations that I liked having. Those are the conversations that Betsy and I were having. And we liked looking at whether what other people were doing in the online space and appreciating and noticing other women in entrepreneurship. And, you know, really, you know, Betsy was talking about like, yeah, so our first product was was coaching around building a side hustle, like building that personal brand and, and really getting the ball rolling. And really for us, that's evolved now into, you know, most of our clients, they already have businesses, they have established, they know what they're about and what they're doing. Um, but it's taking it to the next level in terms of helping them discern what is the air quotes right strategy for them or what's the right path for growth that feels in alignment with their own energy and their life and whatever, you know, SHIT might be thrown at them because we've all had stuff thrown at us this year, like compounded. 
Um, and just knowing that like you can find the answers within yourself if you're willing to do that deeper inner work and figure out what you're really all about, as opposed to looking to the externals and thinking, well, I have to follow this strategy or I have to do these ads this certain way or I have to whatever your marketing plan is, thinking that, oh, that person did it, it looks successful for them, so maybe I should do that too. It's like, and then it doesn't work and it flops and you feel terrible because you wasted all this money and it you know, and that's a downward spiral very quickly for a lot of entrepreneurs, regardless of where you're at in your, in your journey. So that that's what really gets us going is like having those deeper soulful conversations. And then how does that translate into making the right choice for you? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think one of the things when I do product-based coaching is that I try to always come back to the why and the mission. And it sounds like that's Mm -hmm. something you're both very passionate about. And I do find that's something that is kind of missing in a lot of startup businesses because people get a product idea or they find something they love and they want to sell or promote and they just kind of pick it up and run with it and they forget to kind of go back and do that work around like what are my values what what really matters as a business so what what tips do you have for people who are trying to dial into that and get back to like their true why is there a process which you take clients through or is there some thought starters that people could start to like some questions they could ask themselves? Yeah, that is a really good question. And I love that you brought up the product-based businesses because I have done product-based businesses in the past on my own. Um, I love to knit. I went to art school. I had a t-shirt company that I started when I was 24. My t-shirt company, interestingly, had a very strong why. Very, very strong. We were making preteen um like hand dyed, hand printed with Swarovski crystals, but they all had a message of like empowerment. And my sister used to make fun of me because I had like my niece, she was my, my age group. And I was living with my sister at the time. And we would have like focus groups with the girls because I really wanted to be dialed into what was important to them and what was the message that they wanted to be expressing through their clothes. And I think when you have a product-based business, or any type of business, like there needs to be a reason that you're getting out of bed every morning because when stuff goes sideways, sheer will is not really enough, right? Like what happens is you start taking action from a place of disempowerment or you feel like you should do something. Whereas when you have a why, you actually can root back into that and take that deeper, like look at what you're doing. And instead of overworking, you can make smart decisions and you can go back with beginner's mind and be like, okay, this isn't working. So instead of pushing some sort of strategy that somebody else tells me is really good, I'm going to go back to why am I doing this in the first place? And you might see like with a business like yours, where sustainability and education is a key element, you know, sometimes going back to the basics of like, why am I doing this in the first place? It allows you to navigate those really tough moments in business where you're like, why am I doing this? I could go get a job anywhere and have a third of the less stress that I'm feeling in this moment. Um, But, you know, but the passion that we have for the work that we do allows us to then come back to who we are. Why do we do what we do? And I will say, like, you know, when it comes to figuring out what your why is, it's dark work. Like, sometimes you really have to, like, get clear. I I remember I wanted to do um, all my my friends started having babies and I love to knit and everyone was like, knit me something, knit me. And I was like, okay. And then they started offering to pay. And I was like, oh, okay. And everyone's like, you can build a side hustle. You can sell on Etsy. And all of a sudden, the thing that made knitting so special to me, which was the fun and being creative, got sucked out because I was worried about like, oh my God, am I charging enough money? Am I not? And so I really think entrepreneurs need to take a step back when they're when they're doing like, go back to why are you doing it? 
I was making things because I loved making them. I loved the creative process. I loved gifting them. As soon as money came into that equation, I was out. I was like, done. I didn't knit for two years. So understanding why you're doing something and what the bigger purpose is, um, you know, businesses, yes, they're only successful if they make money, but that's not the only reason you went into business in the first place. So that's really what the, the rooted for us, like, and especially to me, it's like you root into the, the purpose behind why you're doing something and the problem that you're solving and make sure that that's aligned energetically for you. So you get up in the morning and keep going. <laughs> that's such a good point though, Betsy, is that like, just because you can make something doesn't mean you have to monetize it. And I think there's this pressure, especially with the Etsy economy that like, if you have this like hobby, somehow people, you have that cousin who says, maybe you should sell this online. And then you're like selling it online. All of a sudden you have a business um, and a business is so much and a brand is so much more than that. Um, so tell me, Laura, a little bit about like Luscious Hustle. You guys obviously started, you started the podcast, you had like very few listeners um, and you've grown it massively. So what have been some of your biggest successes so far with Luscious Hustle? And what are a few failures? Like, did you have any moments along the way where you were like, I don't know if this is going to work or like, what are we doing? Or was it all like smooth sailing? Oh God, no, it wasn't smooth sailing. Are you kidding me? Um <laughs> I'm like dying over here laughing as you're asking the question. So, you know, that's the thing. We So we did start out with like zero followers. So we really, in the beginning, it was about building community and it was about me just getting in there on Instagram and DMing people and saying hello and thanks for commenting on that post and what are you all about? And oh, I see you posted this thing about that other thing and that that's awesome. And like, just like, it's like, you know, working the room at a networking event, but you're doing it online, right? And just making real genuine connections without without any agenda, really. Um, that's kind of how it began in the, in the beginning. And, you know, a prime example of something that made us really successful is just noticing, and this is a big piece of the coaching that we do. You know, we do work with the moon and we can, we can get into that. We, you know, using human design, but like really it's understanding if there's something in your business that just in your soul, in your gut feels like ick. It's like, don't, it's our human nature. We want to avoid pain. We want to avoid the ick. So we will build all kinds of walls around that ickness um, to, to just be like, oh, well, maybe this other strategy should work better. Or maybe I should do this because that, you know, we should, 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 should. But when you take the time to really stop and sink in and like, why am I feeling resistance about this piece? And ask yourself some really hard, but honest questions. You, that will be your, that's your tunnel. That's your, you know, that's the light at the end of your tunnel. That is your path to freedom. So as a prime example, um, we had a membership site briefly in like, I guess, was that 20, that was 2018, right? Yeah. 2018. In spring of 2018, we did this big, we planned this like five day challenge and we had this big launch and it was all very smart and well done. And we launched this membership um, and it was called Luscious Alchemy. So it was kind of about, it was about the woo. It was about, you know, understanding the woo and, and adapting that into your business strategy. Great, fine. So we did that for a few months. And I mean, it was successful. We had lots of members and we were making money and we were growing. But every month when it came around to putting out the content for the membership site, we were both just like, oh God, yeah, right. We got to do that. We got, you know, we were resisting it. We were procrastinating. We were dragging our feet. And most people would just shame themselves and be like, oh, come on, like get it together. Let's do this hustle on, like get that shit together, make a schedule. And yeah, you can do that, but that's such a wounded masculine way 
of approaching your business. So instead we took the feminine route. It's like, well, let's look at this resistance. Let's look what's feeling, what's feeling icky. And when we did that, we realized it just wasn't in alignment. So we did what, you know, you would think to never do, which is we gave back all the money. We emailed everyone in the membership site. And we're like, love you. It's been wonderful, a slice, but this is not feeling in alignment for us. Here's your refund. And we just closed the whole thing. And that cost us money, obviously, but within, I think like what, like one lunar cycle, Betsy, maybe two, maybe two. Like it was like within a month, within a lunar cycle, we were, we were talking about going in another direction. And then we launched what is now moon goddess, like our moon goddess program. And we went from like, you know, struggling to hit 5k months to like, we had like a 10k month and then we had a 15k month and then just kind of kept growing from there. Um, but we had to let go of the one program in order to make the space for the right program to come through us and to, to reach our audience. And everyone thought we were nuts, but we've been very transparent about it. It was the best decision we ever made. (laughs) Yeah, it was. And that's the thing. It's like sometimes following your gut, it's the simple way, but it's not necessarily easy because you will feel like you're going against the grain. You will. And I mean, we, there was nothing on paper. There was nothing wrong with that membership site. There was nothing wrong with the launch we did. We were, it was successful. It was making money on paper. It was perfect, but it didn't feel right. And so I know it would have never grown to the, you know, the, the levels we wanted it to, because it just wasn't feeling good. Whereas as soon as we, yeah, let it go, created space. The, then it was like immediately obvious, like, oh, we've been using the moon for a while. Betsy had been using, well, back up. Betsy's been studying the moon since she was a child. Like, honestly, what she doesn't know about the moon is not worth knowing, like legit. And she had been using it just personally on her own as a healing tool to heal um, like post-traumatic stress and trauma from her early 20s. And she had had, she thought that, you know, healing from that, that trauma was going to take years. And she was having massive breakthroughs and success in terms of like anxiety, panic attacks, just feeling confident in being seen, you know, feeling more secure in her body. Um, within a couple of lunar cycles. So then she came to me and had this, you know, brilliant idea. Like, what if we took this, this notion of understanding your energetics in alignment with the lunar cycle and applied that to business? What would that look like? And we did it. And, and as Betsy said, yeah, we went from barely making, you know, somewhat consistent, inconsistent 5k months to like within one lunar cycle, we hit 10k. Then the next lunar cycle was 15 and then on and on and on. We just kept growing. And so that's how we knew we're like, okay, women clearly are meant to do business differently. We are meant to understand our bodies and our energetics. We are meant to let go of this old programming and conditioning that we have in the masculine about how businesses air quotes should be run or built. And that's really what moon goddess is about. It's a tool for, for healing yourself. It's a a tool for personal development, but it's also very much a tool for making businesses or making money and making decisions in your business that are in alignment with with what you're all about with alignment with your why. That was a lot of information there that I just, I feel like I just learned so much. I'm like, when you said lunar cycle, I was like, is that a month? I don't know. <laughs> so let's tap into that a little bit. Cause I think that's kind of interesting what you've brought up here around lunar cycles and how that interacts with business. Can you maybe take it back a step to like maybe the, the ABCs of lunar cycles and how that would even impact business? Like what would some of the people who are entrepreneurs listening to this podcast need to think about or how would that really interact with their everyday uh, running and operations of their business? Okay. So if you are a woman and you are listening to this, listen up because you, my friend are intrinsically 
connected to the moon. So here's how it works. So the masculine, a male's body is run on a 24 hour energy cycle, right? So the world that we live in this patriarchal society that business is built around, um, is designed by men for men who have a, they wake up, they go through their day, they check out at the end of the day, and then they reset. Females have a different energy cycle. So we're on a 28 day energy cycle. So think about it. You have your period, you have these ebbs and flows of energy. So like there's, you know, a burst when you're ovulating kind of like the full moon. Then you have your period kind of like the new moon where your, you know, your energy dips a little bit. Um, so how the lunar cycle works and you don't have to be synced. Your, your period does not have to be synced to the lunar cycle to sink into this concept, but just hear me out for a second. So lunar cycle has 28 days, 28 and a half days. Um, and it starts with the new moon. It peaks, your energy peaks with the full moon. And then we circle back down to the new moon. Um, within the lunar cycle, we have both masculine energy phases and feminine energy phases. So what are masculine and feminine energy? So masculine energy is really that doing energy, right? It is that drive that um, like we want to get stuff done. Feminine energy, on the other hand, and unfortunately, we are nurtured to be in our wounded feminine, which means to overgive, to over nurture, to overserve. Um, this is where victimhood lives, is in your wounded feminine. Um, but the true feminine energy is very powerful. It is, it is compassionate. It is loving. It is giving with boundaries. And so, but there's also this sort of like lull in energy that you need to go through while you're healing your feminine energy. So the lunar cycle, the way it's set up, we tick tock through kind of like a clock, masculine and feminine phases. And so for me, I, like Laura mentioned, I was dealing with like a lot of trauma, a lot of anxiety. When you're building a business and a personal brand in front of an audience of people and you have a deep rooted trauma about being seen, it is not the easiest place to be creating content from, but we did it because I believe that my purpose and my mission was bigger than the trauma that I had. Um, but I was really noticing that my energy was dipping on certain days and I couldn't understand why it was like, I would have these breakthroughs and I would start building up momentum and then my energy would just dip. So I went back to the moon cause I love the moon. Um, and I was looking at the phases like the masculine and feminine phases, and it always seemed to align that my energy would dip on those feminine phases, or I would be getting downloads. Like I wouldn't want to be taking action, but I was like, moving the needle forward, but it was a very different sort of, it wasn't like get up, tackle my to-do list and keep going. It was like, it was like integration. Like integration is a really good word. Yeah. And integrating new concepts and ideas. Yeah. Yeah. So we started taking, so I did my own healing journey with the moon. And then I was like, you know what, this works in business as well, because I, we could create our schedule around, okay, I do need downtime. I do need self-care. I know that on this day, my energy is going to be all over the place. For me, I'm very lunar sensitive too. I was born under a full moon. So like at the beginning when we were doing this and we were still doing like, I was doing more deep healing work. Laura used to know like new moons and full moons, like don't talk to me. Like I was all over the place. Like I was a crazy woman. I'm not anymore, but at the time, because I was doing this deeper healing work, this inner work that, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because the moon really is an inner work system, right? It helps you understand yourself. Nobody around you sees the work that you're doing, but you're doing all this work and you have this really cool framework to do and show up within. Um, but like nobody can see what's really going on. And so it's incredibly satisfying, but it's really hard to explain to people like what the deeper healing work looks like. But I will say like 
when it came to teaching this and putting it out into the world and watching other entrepreneurs go through the same system that we created, I mean, the healing work opens up so much more in your business. And it's like, you, you sort of sit there and you're like, well, why didn't I think to do this earlier? Or why didn't I do this earlier? Cause the money mindset starts shifting and then your energetics start shifting and then you have more successful launches. And, you know, to me, it's the inner work goes hand in hand with being an entrepreneur, because if you don't master that, like if you don't master the voice in your head, it's going to master you. And it's not fun to be led by the voice in your head all the time, because it's going to do everything it can to keep you safe and keep you small and keep you like, you know, baseline. And that's not fun. So the moon is our tool to like, get out of the, get out of the way and understand your energy. I love that quote. If you don't master your mindset, it's going to master you. It is so, so true. And I know that mindset is something that personally I've struggled myself with, uh, like imposter syndrome and all those types of things that come up with building a business. And it's interesting also to hear about the wounded feminine, because I think a lot of our listeners, you know, I I tend to attract purpose-driven business owners and we tend to be a bit of martyrs. So we like to, um, you know, underprice our products or we feel bad about charging too much money or we Mm -hmm. give people discounts or free shipping because, you know, they email us. So like, what are some ways that somebody who's really stuck in that idea that they're not charging for their worth or for their products worth, um, and not really standing in their power. And I guess maybe sitting in their wounded feminine a lot, like what are some things that entrepreneurs can do to shift that mindset? That's a good question. It's a really good question. And yeah, in my experience, I think that the reason women, you know, it's kind of like a pendulum, right? First of all, there's, there's, you know, there's wounded masculine, divine masculine, wounded feminine, divine feminine. So these sort of these four quadrants of energy and we embody all of them all the time. And, you know, you're, you're never always going to be in your divine feminine or your divine masculine. Even if you've done a lot of work in healing yourself, you're going to have moments throughout your day where you're like, Ooh, that was kind of me, me being a bit of a victim. Okay. Check. Um, but it's just being able to notice, like acknowledge and notice where is my energy right now. And then being able to consciously choose to shift instead of letting your con your subconscious narratives, that ego drive the decision-making. And I think you know, when it comes to sales, probably most women in particular have experienced sales from the wounded masculine perspective, which is like, that's the wolf of wall street, right? That's that dude, pushy, sleazy, gross. And so in an, in an, I believe in a genuine effort to avoid ever being the wounded masculine, we, the pendulum swings over to the other end where you end up a wounded feminine, which is you're overgiving, you're the victim. Um, you don't price yourself accordingly. You give too much of your time and you can get away with that in the beginning because you're just starting out and you've got that beginner's mindset and that, that fresh energy. And like, it's okay. It's okay. I can keep going, going, I keep going. But then your, your business gets to a certain point where it's actually not sustainable. It's just not sustainable to stay in, in that victimhood. Um, well, it's not, it's it monetarily, if, you know, if your profit margins are too low, you're, it's not going to work for the business, logistically speaking, but also you as like, you're the boss ultimately you're the engine, you're the funnel, you're the driver of everything in your business. So if you're feeling depleted, if you're feeling wounded, that will seep into all of the work, whether it's a physical product, a service-based business, the marketing, you know, um, customer service, like, you know, or client interactions, it's all, it's going to seep into all of that. And so, you know, I think really ultimately the, the wounded feminine, like to heal her, she needs space. She needs a lot of space to explore like, okay, why do I feel the way I feel? Where did this come from? 
and and make some peace with that, like meet that resistance and sit with it and explore it. And and that's really a lot of the work that we do with our clients is like digging into that. So that then we can rise back out of it. And then, you know, you can rise back out of that into your divine feminine and you start making really empowered decisions that feel good. And again, it's like, you know, it's that power um, and that giving, but with boundaries. Um, and then also you get, it gives you the permission, the freedom to just notice if you're sliding back into a more wounded energy and be like, oh, I noticed I did that today. Okay. And forgive yourself and move on. And, and that's, that's where that progress and that form forward momentum will happen for you personally and, and, and energetically. And then you'll see that unfold in your business as well. And I think too, that's where that, you know, um, you know, we hear people saying like, I just want to be able to have more, but do less. Like, how does that work? How do I keep scaling my business and growing without like, there's only 168 hours a week of my time. And I only have so much energy and I still want to have a life. Like, how is this going to work? Well, yeah, you can have more and do less, but in doing that, you have to be really effective with your energy and know your boundaries. And so to do that, you've got to be in your divine feminine. You've got to really understand your own feminine energy. I love that. Yeah. They, they often say also like the mindset of the leader of the CEO controls mm-hmm. the growth of the company. So as oh, limited absolutely. as you can be at the top, if you are not in your right headspace and obviously following this like cycle properly, it can really negatively impact your growth, I think, and your ability to scale. Um, we oft- I often see it with uh, purpose-driven entrepreneurs in the product space who don't want to hire um, because they, you know, they want the control of managing everything themselves. Um, but that in itself becomes, or, or they're scared to bring on employees and a team and what that requires and paying them and like having to let go of some responsibilities. So what do you guys see based on your work with like entrepreneurs? Like what are some of the top challenges you've seen? Let's talk about this year um, in entrepreneurship. Like what are some of the things that come up most for your clients that they struggle with? I think the work that we've been stepping into more this year is really rooting back into the purpose and why somebody's doing something. So we've had a couple of clients this year that have really stepped outside and changed directions in their business when it doesn't seem logical, right? Right. This 2020 is the year to stay the course, double down on what's working, do all the things. Whereas, you know, like our clients are making big leaps. They're moving into more esoteric work. Um, they're, you know, taking, like we have one client who went from massage therapy into reading Akashic records because she couldn't do things in purpose, um, in, in person. And so I really think, you know, the 2020 has been interesting because, the people that are growing are really growing and the people that aren't growing are really stuck and spinning in a lot of stories. And so the work that we're doing is helping people navigate the story and getting really clear on, is this actually true? Are we afraid of something or is something not working? Um, And really coming back again and again and again to purpose, like, why are we doing this? And does it still feel in alignment? I know for us this year and me in particular, like I lost my dad at the beginning of COVID, not to COVID, but like there was this whole thing that happened. Um, and so, you know, I did for a couple of months, like feel really untethered because he had been my wife for a really long time. He had Alzheimer's. I wanted to be home for that exact thing to happen. Um, and then it happened and it was like this gaping space of like, okay, an old me perfectionist type a New Yorker Betsy wanted to fill that space. And for me, this year has been a lesson in like sitting in this space. And that's really what we do with our clients to help them gain that clarity of like, okay, 
we can barrel forward and do stuff, but you can be as successful, if not more with more space. And it's hard to explain, but I mean, we've just seen it time and time again. Like you don't have to fill the space with more tasks just because. And I think that's where entrepreneurs struggle. It's like, we have all this time and like we have time in the day. And if something's not working, our tendency is to overwork instead of take a step back and reevaluate. And I think any good CEO will tell you if something's not working, you don't throw all your money into the, into the problem and keep pushing it. You take a step back and you like look at the numbers and you look at projections and you make educated risks. And so that's what we help people do is like take a look at what's really happening. And so we're not sitting in a story of what the mind is making up. We're sitting in like, this is what's going on. And this is where we're going to go going forward. I absolutely love that mindset of test and learn and not kind of going down that path, even though you've gone down it already and like invested. Cause a lot of times we see entrepreneurs that, um, you know, have done Facebook ads and they just keep throwing money into the Facebook ads, hoping that they're going to work instead of, like you said, stepping back and saying like, is this even the right channel for my business? Should I even be on here? Am I even putting a message across that resonates? Like instead of going back to some of the fundamental basics that really helps set you up for success in business. I love that. Um, well, I think we too, like we, we spend money on Facebook and then we were yeah. like, oh, this doesn't really feel right. And like, yeah. do we want to keep throwing money at this problem air quotes? Or like, what if we just didn't do Facebook ads? Gas. Yeah. What if we were the funnel? <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's mm-hmm. what worked for us. We had way more money doing that than Facebook ads ever did for us. And it's like, yeah, Facebook ads, there's nothing. It's, I always say like, there's no wrong strategy. All the strategies in the world are correct. It's just, which one is right for you? And it's okay that Facebook ads or whatever else isn't right for you. Um, And that even goes down to just like your marketing or your, your messaging that you're using in your marketing. Like you might think one thing and keep trying to push that storyline. And if it's not working, it's like, well, come back and reevaluate instead of trying to double down on something that isn't working. Yeah. I think too, 2020, like there's a I keep hearing from people, but there's so much competition and there is, and more people are working from home, which means there's more competition, but from an energetic standpoint, there's abundance. There's room for all of us right now. But if you're trying to sell somebody else's product or you're trying to like mirror somebody else, then it's not going to feel authentic. And so, you know, if you're listening to this and you're struggling, like don't be afraid to be different right now. And don't be afraid to take that step towards what it is that you want to create, because I don't know, I think people are spinning, like we're consuming too much content instead of creating. And I think really 2021 is going to be about creating from a place of integrity and a place of purpose instead of just consuming, 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 and then like 10% output, if that makes sense. Totally makes sense. It's so hard to stay in your own lane and eyes on your own page when, you know, you see, you know, as an example, even with my brand, you see all these loungewear brands launching um, and everybody's doing sweatsuits now. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now everybody's doing loungewear and I couldn't get into like fashion magazine before. And now there's a loungewear around it. Um, So it's easy to get like really distracted by that. And I think to almost get off course with what you're doing and lose focus for sure. So I I love that message. Um, So the last question I have for you is what's next for Luscious Hustle? So you guys have your moon goddess. Uh, What's going on there? Is that expanding? Is that something you're focusing on for 2021? What do you guys have in store? 
you know what we we actually just did uh, a new moon ceremony we just opened it up to anyone and everyone who wanted to you know on social like come join us for this last new moon that we did uh in scorpio and it felt amazing it felt really good and i we are going to continue to do more and more work with the moon and with you know more of the healing side that needs to happen for entrepreneurs um because that's really where we see people like that's the next that's the next level in the evolution of your business like we're all smart we can all use google <laughs> um you can figure out how to start a podcast or build a youtube channel or use pinterest or do whatever you're going to do for your lead generation fantastic but what really gets us going and where we see the biggest transformation for our clients is when we do that deeper inner work and you know that's it's it's not fun. It's not sexy to like dig into um, pull all the skeletons out of your closet and figure out, you know, why you're resisting things or why you're making the decisions you're making and how that's impacting your business. It's not, you know, it's fun to, it's not fun to have that look in the mirror, but I think that when you're, and the feedback we get from our clients is like, when you're doing that with the support of a coach or, you know, with the support of, you know, in the case of moon goddess, like using the moon as a tool, then it doesn't, it doesn't feel scary. It doesn't feel lonely. It doesn't feel gross. It can feel like you're like, Oh wow. Like you get to have one Oprah aha moment after another, after another. And that feels really empowering. That feels very motivating to keep going. And that's really what we hear from our clients when they use the moon, they're like, Oh wow. Boom. Light bulb moment. And then they take the next step and they feel more empowered. And then more, you know, it's like, you know, and all the circumstances that happen to have happened to us <laughs> this year and in the years to come, like we, those are out of our control. We have no control over any of the circumstances at all. What you can control is how your mind thinks about that event. And then your thoughts create your feelings and your feelings create actions and your actions create a result. So like, let's start at the top with how we're interpreting the narrative of that circumstance or event that happened external to you. And then we get to choose how we think, how we feel, and then how we act. And that all ends up with the result manifesting the business and the life that you want. Um, so that's really where we like digging in is like where, what's happening in between your ears? <laughs> what is that narrative and how can we shift it to one that you actually get to choose? Cause you do get to choose. Like we think that we're stuck in our stories. We think that, well, this happened to me and I don't have any control and it's COVID and it's the economy and it's all these, my family and all these things. Like, no, you have a choice. You still have a choice every single day. And that's, what's so exciting to see when people realize they have that choice. Mm -hmm. I love that. You get to choose, you get to choose your thoughts every day. And I think that's very reassuring to people right now who are in the middle of this and feeling like. I think right now in particular, a lot of people are feeling the burden of the uncertainty and, you know, potentially going back into a second wave and all this kind of stuff or third wave, depending on where you are. Um, and it's just nice to hear that, you know, there's, there's an alternative out there. You can actually pick to choose which thoughts you focus on and which ones you actually follow and, and implement in your business. And you can always choose again if you don't like the thought that you're choosing. So that's, that's definitely very empowering. Thank you for that. Um, so we're going to go into our hot seat questions to wrap it up. So these are just like fun little questions. Um, just one word answers or a couple words to say, and I'll just alternate with you guys. Um, so what's one non-negotiable step in your morning routine? Breath work for me right now. So Lauren? mine would be, um, I started drinking this like amazing, amazing grass. It tastes oh. awful. It's so bad. <laughs> and I love it. I have never had more energy. I'm so regular. <laughs> <Am I? laughs> 
<laughs> I drink my meaning, my cup of amazing grass, and then I have my hot tea and I just like sit in stillness. And that's it. It's like Wonderful. real simple. <laughs> awesome. Um, what's your favorite business book that you guys have ever read? Oh. The one we cut, we talk about a lot right now, the one that we keep coming back to because we're in partnership, right? So like, it's not a one person show, but, um, rocket fuel, we talk a lot about that, like the visionary and the implementer and who's doing what. So I like that. That's the one that comes to the top of my head. I've been studying a lot more about money. Um, I read, uh, Mike McAllowitz's profit first, uh, a while ago, and I've been digging back into that. Also though, we, um, Betsy has spent a ton of time digging into human design, yeah. Um, and I have started to as well. We use human design as part of our coaching and like me just reading online and like absorbing everything I can about understanding how to be a generator um, and how to be a good supportive person to a projector is, is that's where most of our reading is. Yeah. I do more woo books than I do business books. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I thought you might, but I wanted to hit you with this one just to see, but we use you uh, oh. as well at encircled. So Gina Wickman's a favorite of mine for sure. I also really love Seth Godin. If you want a good marketing book, like his, um, it's marketing, I think is what it is. Um, it's what it's called. Seth Godin though, like all his stuff I really like too. So he's another awesome. good one. Um, so tell me if you had an extra thousand dollars in your business, what would you spend it on and why? Oh, <laughs> I'm going to be really selfish here. I would like a new camera. I would, if I had like an extra thousand bucks, I would be like YouTube channel. Here we come. Um, that sounds like really selfish though. Laura, what would you want? You know, what's funny? Like I would, you just said just I'm like, yeah, I could go along with that. I, <laughs> nothing really came to mind. Isn't that so funny? Like I feel quite satisfied with like the stuff and things that we have in our business right now. And I'm not, I'm really on this, like less is more kick. Like yeah. I just, I really think that 2020 is leading us into a decade or maybe multiple decades of contraction and not in a negative way, like contraction as in less is more and simplifying. So yeah, when you're like an extra thousand bucks, I'm like, maybe we split that 50, 50, you get a 500 bucks. I get 500 bucks. We go for massages. Like, I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. If we had, you oh, know what, actually I say that. And then I'm like, how much is a Joe Despaza thing retreat? Like I would do a retreat with you. I think it yeah, would be something like that. I would do that. We're way more woo. Yeah. <laughs> we're way more woo than practical. Um, so as podcasters, what is the favorite is your favorite podcast that you both listen to? Oh, um, I really like, um, Malcolm, Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. His, I love his book. I love him. His podcast, the way he weaves a story is a thing to behold. And yeah. it just, I can listen to them anytime, anywhere. And it always sparks new ideas for me. Like I'll listen to a podcast and then I'll send up like, Betsy, you got to listen to this last episode he did. And then that creates conversation for us. And then we get more in the creative content zone after one of his podcasts, I find. Yeah. I like that he really takes you behind the scenes and like outside, like the one about the art world. Like I found that so fascinating because it was, there's business in there and they're talking about real world things, but it just, I think with, with entrepreneurs and with business owners in particular, we can get so stuck on a path. And sometimes the way to get out of that creative, like whole is to really consume things that don't seem related, but they really are related. So yeah, I would agree with her. I listen to his stuff all the time. Awesome. I haven't listened to that one. So I'm definitely going to check it out. Yes. Um, my last question is since you guys both have the encircled dressy sweatpants, shameless plug, what is your favorite way to style the dressy sweatpants? Well, oh. I 
I'm not great at styling myself. Normally when Betsy is here, she tells me what I'm allowed to wear, what I'm not allowed to wear. Shopping with her, like you got to have a bit of a thick skin because <laughs> I take her shopping with me and she just, it's like the devil wears Prada. Like she'll have her phone out and she'll just look up and be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's fine. Mm, no. Next. But so right now, well, I'm obsessed with bodysuits. Can't wait for one of those to come out from Encircled. So I like wearing those pants with um with a bodysuit I also just like it with a blouse because you can tuck in the blouse and it doesn't it still looks smooth you know it doesn't look lumpy sometimes with certain pants you can't tuck the way you want to tuck because then it looks lumpy uh totally yeah what about you Betsy um so when it's warmer I I'm so basic it's so funny that I'm so bossy with her about her fashion, but I'm like very classic. I'm a Capricorn. So I'm like very classic, like old school. So on nice days, like when it's warmer, I just like white t-shirt and a denim jacket and my favorite Michael Kors, um, wedge silver sneakers. And then, um, lately I've been wearing it. I got this new cashmere sweater. That's like this camel cashmere sweater with like a turtleneck. I just love like the big sort of slouchy, like, I don't know. There's just something so nice about like a heavyweight sweater with those pants and just being super cozy when you're at home. But yeah, if you follow us on Instagram, then you know that I love a good denim jacket. So that also (laughs) goes with everything. So pathetic, but I love them. It's classic. It's classic. Classic. It never goes out of style. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Where can people find you online? What's your Instagram handles and what's your website where they can check out more information about you guys? Yeah. So you can find us on Instagram at luscious.hustle. Laura is in our DMs every single day. So hit us up, DM us. We will respond. There's nobody else in there, just the two of us. Um, And then online, you can find more about our programs and what we do at www.luscioushustle.com. Great. Thank you both for joining me on the podcast today. I learned so much about the lunar cycle and I can't wait to tap more into that and learn all about how we can use that to help grow our businesses and maintain our sanity and soar and become even better during this tumultuous year. So thank you both for coming and we'll look forward to connecting soon again. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for listening to Brave and Boss, the podcast. If you want to take your e-commerce brand to the next level, be sure to check out my website at christysumer.com, where you can find all the show notes, free resources and blog posts and principles to help you grow your online store. You can also follow me at K-R-I-S-T-I-S-O-O-M-E-R on Instagram. Find your purpose, make it happen. I'll talk to you soon.